I can't believe I'm saying Merry Christmas to you. We are moving into the season where we celebrate the birth of Christ, and certainly I again thank you for being a partner with us here at Winning at Home. You are a part of the Home Run Club, and that means that monthly we bring a CD and a thought to you that no one else gets. It's specific for you because we want to thank you as partners with us. And let me say, this year has been a great year of growth for us, uh, continuing to try to seek the Lord on what that means for us as we move forward in terms of just uh, the busyness it adds to our plate. God has been good to lead us, I believe, and we are strategically trying to make a mark and a difference in a specific area, especially those who are more underprivileged in our community here in the local area, and then seeking to carry that thought and that idea. We appreciate your partnership and prayer with us as we seek to do just that. Some specific things you want to know, uh, probably by the time you listen to this CD, we will be opening the doors on our new 16th Street campus. Uh, we're excited to have probably eight to ten staff members there. Alan is in the studio with me. He's going to be one of the staff members there. It's probably eight to ten people. Yeah, I think so. Who will be on campus right away, and we will begin ministry, begin counseling, and offering uh, care to the community there, uh, hopefully, during the month of December. We've had some delays simply because of the elevator. It's been a big deal getting the elevator in, but everything else is pretty much scheduled and on schedule, and so we appreciate you praying with us that God would use this new facility to make a huge mark for him in the downtown area. As you also know, we have offices in Tampa Bay. Those have grown this year. We have three different places where people can go to get counseling in Tampa Bay. We found that the area is just a highly populated area. And for some people, when you live in a larger city, to drive across town 45 minutes to go to a counseling appointment just seems like a long way. So we made it easier for people in the Tampa area by providing facilities in each area. And so God is blessing that, opening more doors there, and we appreciate your continued prayers for the Tampa Bay ministry. Also, I just want you to know a few changes have happened internally. We've been moving people into places where I feel they're more strategically used and loving what they're doing. One of those involves Alan, who is here with me in the studio. He's going to talk a little bit, but uh, he's been doing more writing for us at Winning at Home. It's been really fun. I was just telling him this morning, it's easy to read what he writes. <laughs> if you've ever read my writing, even if you've read a thank you note, you can't understand what I'm writing. <laughs> so I'm glad to have him partner with me in, in moving forward in the writing area, and I look forward to what God's going to do. And specifically, some of you may have, at the banquet, received his new book. Marriage Five Years Later. <laughs> I let him say the title because I said it wrong at the banquet. <laughs> so Marriage Five Years Later, looking at things him and Annalise have learned in their relationship in the first five years of their marriage. So if you know someone who needs that sort of thing, you as a Home Run Club member, you just need to know. We'll put that in your hands and make it available for you, so just let us know. As we move into what we're going to share with you today, Alan and I try to make sure each year at Christmas time we come in the studio together. Uh, normally you listen to one of us preaching or just a series of messages over the course of the year, but we specifically like to record something to encourage you during Christmas time, and so that's why we're here together today, and I can't believe it's Christmas time. 
Yeah, it, it's it, crazy. It, it seems crazy to me that we're just sitting here already because uh, James was just saying, wow, it came to us quick. He's in the studio, too. And it just seems like, wow, we're at Christmas. And, and <laughs> I don't know how that happened, but it's pretty crazy. I know. It's bizarre. The snow outside, though, does help make it feel like <laughs> it it's does. like Christmas time, you know? It does. If you're uh, one of our listeners in Tampa Bay, you don't even understand that. Yeah, but true. it is true. But it yeah. is true. The snow does get you mentally ready for it. It does. It makes me mentally sad as well, but you know what? <laughs> does it really? It does, yeah. When it gets cold out, I just wake up and I'm like, why do I live here? You really do. Yeah, do. every day I ask myself that. It's, That's it's pretty funny. brutal people, in the winter. Uh, people are usually one way or the other. Yeah. You know, either they love it, like in our office, where people love it and love it and people hate it. But it's just, for me, it's not a big deal. I don't yeah. know why. I, I grew up down south, I guess, but maybe I, I didn't enjoy the snow. And I think partly for me is I rest a little more when there's snow on the ground. That's true. Yeah. Yeah, you you go, 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 and then you can't as much when it's cold right. out. And I think that's a even a subconscious reason yeah. I like it that I don't even think about. But I yeah. sit a lot more this time of year. Yeah. I sit a lot all times of year. It's so <laughs> no big I don't need the cold for that. That's funny. That's um. good. Well, you have a thought I know you're going to share with us today related to Christmas, and so take it away. Yeah, I was, um, you know, the trick is, I think we probably talk about this a lot when we talk about these Christmas recordings is Christmas is the same thing, but it's the one big topic that we know you're going to have to figure out how to talk about in different ways Mm -hmm. year after year after year. Which is why I always say to you, Alan, you need to come up with a new thought. (laughs) I know. I have noticed you don't bring me in on any other thing other than, hey, you got a new Christmas thing this year? (laughs) That's good. Um, And so for this year, something that really struck me as I was kind of thinking through this and preparing a little bit was I came across the idea of the first time that there had been a live nativity scene that was acted out you know and for us this is oh, like wow. a normal thing yeah. right you see kids are so in you're these... saying what, the first time you remember it no 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 oh. the first time that it happened okay. like that intentionally a faith community gathered mm-hmm. and was trying to recreate you know to some extent what it would have looked like for jesus to be born and to be surrounded by animals and, you know, the, the nativity scene that we're familiar with yeah, and yeah. that probably in your own town right now, five or six different churches have some version yeah. of this, okay? But the first time that this happened was in the year 1,223, and wow, there's a there's a place where they remember it started. Yeah. And I mean, you know, when things are this far back, it's like, yeah, maybe it was, right. you know, sort of like how some people say Einstein invented whatever. And then someone goes, no, he stole that sure. from someone else. So, so, you know, maybe this is the best guess. This is the best okay. guess. Okay. And it's St. Francis of Assisi, mm, which probably, you know, people are familiar with that name. He's the guy who. You know, probably the thing you know about him is uh, he's the one who said yes. we need to be preaching all the time, and when necessary, we use yeah, words. That's what right? I would remember for. Yeah, and so um, I can't imagine that this is a guy that's trying to steal credit for an idea <laughs> that wasn't true. actually his. Yeah. Uh, but in the year one thousand two hundred and twenty-three, 
St. Francis wanted to, instead of um, just having a service of mass where people would gather together and hear the presentation mm. of scripture in a, you know, a language that people weren't speaking. This is where sermons done in Latin and, you know, is like uh, pretty removed from yeah. the everyday experience of people. He wanted to do something to try to bring this point home that our Lord and Savior was born as a baby in a place that he was surrounded by these animals, not the way, I mean, you know, we pursue comfort with everything that we have, right? It's why I don't like winter because <laughs> it's uncomfortable to walk yeah. outside. And when God became flesh, he didn't mm. say, I'm going to be born into this place where mm. everything is exactly how I want it to be so that I never have to deal with anything tough. And so St. Francis put this together and he, you know, he lived so long ago. He did something really smart. He reached out and he got the Pope's permission before mm. he did it, right? That Which was is, smart. It was, right? Yeah. Like if you go back and realize the popes throughout history have yeah. been sort of as powerful as kings, yeah, right. you know, and they use this power um, sometimes with the good intention and sometimes not. You know, they had the power to excommunicate someone from the church and that's basically they believed they had the authority to send someone to hell. And so he reached out smartly to make sure like, hey, is this okay if I reenact this? And he got this signed off on. So wow. he he borrowed, a, what is it, a donkey and an ox. Okay. From a friend of his who was a farmer. <laughs> okay. And he got some hay, some straw, and set this up in a cave. He had a, a Joseph and Mary actor and actress. Wow. And he went he, all in. He went all in, yeah. And he preached a sermon that now... You know, again, this yeah. is so long ago. Right. Who knows? But that was so full of emotion and that also communicated this degree of excitement to people that this idea of acting out the nativity really just took off. And from there, other churches in the community wanted to do the same thing. Um, and I'm, I'm trying to be less cynical and skeptical okay but one of the things that's recorded okay. quote unquote is that people kept some of the hay and the straw from this you know this live nativity scene Wait, don't tell me they're selling it on ebay there well <laughs> the the version of that in their day yes basically wow they would um they claimed that cows who were sick later when they would eat this hay that was part of this live nativity mm, scene mm. would be healed okay so i'm if you've heard me write talk or write or anything you You're know more of a skeptic you know my thoughts about <laughs> what actually happened oh. but i'm trying to be more open minded that's because good, that's good you know hey i guess god could have miraculously enabled this hay to heal Absolutely. cows um Frankly, I kind of hope not, but anyway, it's possible, right? So after this, really, wait, why, why did you say frankly, I hope not? It just seems like 
man, if if he's doing that gotcha. and not doing some of these other I gotcha. things. Because where, of the big picture of children who are going through yeah. things, even in that day that yeah. he's worried about a cow. I got it. Yeah. I got, I got yeah. you. So, I know, know what you're saying. We're worried about cows all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems, it seems strange. Yeah. So, um, but I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to be open. So this is how I came across um, kind of the story of mm. St. Francis creating this uh, nativity scene. There's a guy who some of you may have heard this name. Uh, he is a, he's in the Franciscan order of the Catholic okay. Church. Right. So it's Father Richard Rohr. And he takes some ideas that Francis had, and then he goes kind of pretty far out there. So I'm not endorsing everything he teaches, but this is how I came across this idea. He wrote, before the 13th century, Christmas was no big deal. The liturgical emphasis was on the high holy days of Easter. But for Francis, incarnation was already redemption. For God to become a human being among the poor, born in a stable among the animals, meant that it's good to be a human being. And I, I was really struck by that. That perspective is almost what we talked about last Christmas with this idea at the beginning of the Gospel of John of the Word became flesh. This idea that in the ancient world, the power, the unknown mystery that makes the world happen came and lived mm -hmm. among us, mm -hmm. God with us. And when I started thinking about that line right there, for Francis, incarnation was already redemption. Um, I was kind of struck because what I find myself feeling sometimes is when people think about it that way, I almost feel like we're skipping the whole story when at Christmas we're going, hey, because of this, this means Jesus came and died for our sins and all these things. And I'm like, wait, but we're fast forwarding through mm -hmm. everything. Let's get to Easter before we talk about Easter. But I started thinking about it and what it meant for God to become human. And it's a pretty bizarre idea to think of, right? The church teaches that Jesus was fully human and fully divine at the same time. And as we were getting ready to record this, I was like, I wonder how many books have been written about that. I wonder mm -hmm. how many, you know, Google results there are if you just search for that, because it's a mystery that we can't figure out, right? How was he fully human and fully divine? There were, there are 70 million Google results mm. if you just type fully mm. human, fully divine, okay? So there have been people, and there forever will be people, trying to figure out what this means and what it looks like and how it impacts us. But I think it's pretty amazing that at Christmas we're celebrating that, like I said, instead of living in comfort and luxury and having things just go perfectly for him all the time, Jesus chose to come and experience life 
like we do. And so I thought through just a few, um, a few of the experiences, a few of the emotions, a few of the different things that because he came and lived, was born as a baby in poverty, what Jesus experienced that he can relate to us with. So I'm going to read through what I wrote down. And if you've got some other okay. ideas jumping into your head. Well, before you jump into them, I've kind of, I'm, I'm reflecting on everything you're talking about because I'm, we didn't sit and talk this through. Right. Yeah. And I like that because it just kind of hits me and I'm, I'm having thoughts. So first of all, we're saying that really before he did that, before he began to have that celebration of Christmas, Christmas wasn't a big day in the Christian church. That, yeah, right. Easter wise, yeah. those days were. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a big deal for us because, frankly, most of us, I mean, I'm watching Family Feud the other night. What's the most important day in your life? Christmas yeah. was the number one vote. Yeah. So in that day, this has been a cultural change. For sure. We we are celebrating Christmas way more than was celebrated originally. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. I mean, we yeah, can see yeah, yeah. that. And we're but, celebrating it. I mean, obviously, we're celebrating it in a different way. We are. From, you know, it's not really about the incarnation. It's yes. about what's going to be in that box. Yes. What, what's in that present for me. Yes. You and know? the whole idea of incarnation, for those of you who don't really know that word, just simply means Christ coming to this earth, him yeah. coming and becoming our Savior on this earth, living out a human life, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so him coming, and, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but I got to thinking the other day as, as we were thinking about talking about Christmas, if I had to think of the way to save the world, yeah, like if somebody said to me, you have the power to save the world, so go ahead and come up with your idea. This is just about, for me, the most <laughs> illogical yeah. way yeah. that God came up with. It's about the most unconventional way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just totally the opposite <laughs> of anything that any king would come up with. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when you ask our president how to save the world, he's not going to say, hey, you know what, let's go to the poorest and let's put a kid in there. I mean, it's yeah. just so foreign to our thinking. So I think we do and we have for years in our own personal life even missed the amazing moment that is. This isn't what I was planning on sharing at right. all in this, but you know, it makes me think sometimes when I, um, when I look at the way that we talk about faith, and we look at the thing, like, to say, okay, what it means to be a Christian, what it means to follow God. You look at how God used his power right there in that moment, right? Because there was tons of other options, tons of other things he could have done. And yet his use of his power was to assume powerlessness. And I think there's something in there for us about how, you know, we've kind of turned, not we, but over the generations, Christianity has kind of become turned into this um, thing about how you win, right? In yeah. the big picture. Yeah. Like if you accept Jesus, you're good, you're in, and, and, and that means you win. Yeah, and and we had a hundred more of those than we did last year. There's something about we, sure. we almost yeah. compete against ourselves, yeah. and, and that's not what it's about. Yeah, it, it I mean, that, sure, that may be a result of it, but it's not the focus of yeah, it. Yeah, it sure doesn't seem like 
God did something, like you say, unconventional. He didn't do something in a way that would bring about what we would call a win. Right. You know? For me, Alan, it's interesting because I've been reading a lot right now about Jesus, and and this takes us to a little different part of the story, but it, it ties in. Jesus, when he was before Herod, when he was before Pontius Pilate, how he did not speak. Yeah. Like, in fact, when he was asked questions, he would say back, well, that's what you say. Yeah. Like, he said, yeah. Are you the Messiah? Well, you say I am. Yeah. In other words, he did not. He held his tongue. In fact, before Herod, when Herod was questioning, wanting to pull off a miracle, Jesus totally did what he wanted to do and did not react. He never gave the power over to Herod, et cetera. Yeah. And that's kind of what I see in the story of the incarnation. God didn't say, I'm going to give the power over to everybody on earth to go, yep, that's what we thought. Yep, God did what we were expecting. He sent mm. the Messiah the way we thought. Because, I mean, let's, all these empires and all these religious things that were built were built to prepare for the Messiah. Right. And they totally missed him. They missed him. They missed him. Because he came in an unconventional way. Yeah. And I think for us, we prepare for Christmas. You're going to list some things off, but I think we prepare for Christmas, uh, jabbering our mouths, talking about what we mm-hmm. think Christmas is. Maybe like Jesus, sometimes we need to be silent and just know what we know it's about. And that's what we're trying to do today is say this is about an amazing moment where God became flesh. Yeah, exactly. And what are the things you had and, listed? Yeah, up? so this is what, because... Jesus came and lived as a person. These are some of the experiences that he had and some of the ways that he can relate to us. And and I think some of the things that, you know, as I read through this list, there are some of these things on here that I feel not embarrassed about that I have these same experiences, but like almost annoyed by like I shouldn't have to deal with this or this shouldn't be a big as big of a deal as it is for me okay okay so first the thing that popped in my head is Jesus got left behind when he was a kid his family (laughs) left town (laughs) yeah you know I do a sermon about that story it's a funny story they forgot him yeah you know and uh, <laughs> they're walking with all the other people back to their town. And, you know, this is the way they did it. They yeah. left the thing and they're walking. They forgot him. Yeah. So, I mean, even though he, when they came back, he's like, well, didn't you know I'd be here doing what my father's all about? I feel like there had to be part of him that was like, dude, you didn't see me for how many days? And you didn't even <laughs> connect? Like, don't you love me? Now, you know? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um. Jesus was hungry. Mm. He felt grief and he mourned. He was baptized. And I think in that moment, also, he was commissioned, you know, and we know what that feels like to kind of start out on some new thing. Um, He got tired. He was misunderstood. He was tempted. He was betrayed. He was angry. He was celebrated for both the wrong and the right reasons. Mm -hmm. And all human moments. Yeah. Like that's why God did it this way. Yeah. Because we have no excuse then. Right. That's kind of what you were getting at. Exactly. Yeah. I I can if God hadn't done it this way, I could go, well, he doesn't get it. Yes. And it gives you the total out of Yeah, of course he told he told us to be perfect. He told us to obey. He told us to love. He told us to forgive. 
but he doesn't know what it feels like to be in the midst of X, Y, Z that I'm going through. And Jesus comes and lives on earth. And not only does he know that experience, but he knows it to the next level, to the nth degree, because what he experienced, these deep levels of sorrow and rejection and misunderstanding and betrayal and hurt um, in a way that we're not going to experience. And, you know, the verse that I was really thinking of and wanted to share with this idea is from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. And this verse is possible because of the incarnation, because Jesus was born on the day we celebrate as Christmas. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not mm. sin. Mm. There really are no words to respond to that because... One of the things I see through just the life of Jesus, even the way he was born, all that stuff, is just the self-control that goes with his purpose on this earth. To me, that just is the big thing that stands out to me. He just yeah. he had all power, and he had all control of that power. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who have power, but they unleash it on others. Yep. And he had the power because he was God on earth. And yet the power to control that, to maintain that. Because like I've, I've, you've heard me preach and talk about hanging on that cross. I'm sorry. It had been pretty easy to laser tag somebody who's mm-hmm. mocking him out there in the audience just yeah. to make sure everybody knew. Yeah. But he didn't have to do that. The, the veil was torn and half after he passed, after he gave his last breath. But it wasn't him doing that. Yeah. And yeah. to me, just that self-power control that he had um, is, is the thing that I think in my life I continue to go – got to get better at that yeah because he did yeah he did and you know what i think is cool is that we have passages where you know i read in that list and maybe someone heard it and was like wait what no he didn't jesus was angry no yeah he had moments where he was like okay something needs to be done about this Now, what we can easily do is convince ourselves, right, that our anger is righteous because, well, no, I'm not mad because they hurt my feelings. I'm mad because what they did is wrong. Yeah. And, you know, it's usually because they hurt our feelings, but we cover it. We cover it. Yeah. You know, but Jesus experienced the emotion of anger. Mm -hmm. And when I think through and look at what it meant for him to come and live as a person. That's an unbelievable sacrifice, an unbelievable willingness, uh, you know, (laughs) above and beyond doesn't even explain what he was willing to do to connect with us, to understand us, to really fully love us. And when I... To say, basically to say, I get you. Yeah. I get you. Exactly. And to go through the mundane in and out, he Mm -hmm. got hungry. He got tired. You know, these things that sometimes we're like, come on, this is just kind of interrupting and getting in the way of, well, no, it's not. This is what it looks like to be a person. 
And even when God came and lived as a person, he shares these experiences with us. Well, to me, it just makes it all more personal as we go into this Christmas season. I'm hoping that as you all listen today, you're saying, I want to make sure I really appreciate what God did in this moment. And we can't articulate it in a way, even what you're feeling inside. Yeah, feeling, I know. You know, we, we, we're human beings, so we're weak at attempting to. But we hope you're at least connecting with the thought of, as I celebrate Christmas this year, don't, don't let me forget and, and misunderstand what it's about. And don't forget how relatable God is to my world, my life, my family, whatever I'm going through, he gets it. And I think that's one of the things I'm hearing yeah, through yeah, what we're sharing. Completely. He gets it. Yeah. And this year, don't miss Christmas because he didn't miss you. And you might feel like your family doesn't have this, that, and the other. Just stop. Stop and celebrate and be thankful for the gift you received just because God did become flesh and walked on this earth and related to your life and what you're going through. Yeah. Sum it up. That's yeah, exactly. I was like, I don't yeah. really need to wrap anything up but after that. That's it's pretty easy to see. And so yeah. that's our prayer for you is as you contemplate Christmas this year, as you share Christmas with your family, of course have a ball. We'll do the same. But take that moment to celebrate what it means when you hear the phrase, God with us, because that's deep and it's a wholly beautiful moment that you need to personally experience in your own life so make sure you do and that's our prayer for you here at winning at home as we close out our year as we again are grateful for your love and support we want to wish you a merry christmas on behalf of all of our staff all of our team we pray the lord would remind you you are his kid and he came to live alongside you and today he is here with us and so we love you we celebrate you and we thank you for being a partner with us here at winning at home merry christmas to you and all your family.